0: In that case, I pronounce
2: you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook.
0: Uh, Thank you there, John. Uh, Welcome, everybody, on this 15th day of January, 2014. We're here with our uh, co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, even Berta's in here today. And uh, our technician, Stretch, he made it out of the hospital in one piece. We're glad to see that.
1: Yeah, I have a little correction for you. Today is uh, February the 15th.
0: <laughs> okay, today is February the 15th. I thought that's what I said. But anyway, welcome to the Master Hour. This is, uh, let me give you our call-in number. It's 347-237-4819. Now, this call-in number, once again, is 347-237-4819, and uh, if you have a question or a comment, feel free to call in and and uh, share it with us, and uh, we'll make a comment or whatever you want to hear here. Uh, anyway,
1: uh, how are you doing today, John? I'm doing good, girls. I want to apologize to everybody for having to postpone the show from yesterday, but in the life of Basser, it's, uh, pretty busy, and, uh, we had to make a little day trip and couldn't get out of it, so we decided to do it another day, but, uh, we're doing good here in old Kentucky, and, uh, we want the snow to leave as soon as possible because I want spring to get here. <laughs> And uh, so, if anybody out there knows anybody that's has any hot air, send them my way.
2: <laughs> Congress. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking more
1: along the lines of Al Gore.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But no, it's been a miserable winter. Just miserable. Been a busy week, though, for the Basher family. We yeah. had to make a couple trips and uh, got the boy to a couple places he had to be, and had a meeting with some legislators over to school, and uh, uh, had poor kitty cat diagnosed with diabetes, and now we're having to give him shots, so oh. we're having a lot of fun here.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Well, maybe all that snow will go away today. Uh,
1: we got uh, we raced the storm yesterday, and we got back last night, just before dark, and it was still raining, and it turned over to snow just after we got home, so... Oh boy yeah just another fun day, you know we don't have as much as uh Berta does up there in the New York, but uh, I'm uh, sick of snow
2: <laughs> uh, I'll tell you we uh, I live in a tundra half the time I think uh we've had uh more snow this winter than I can remember in almost twenty years uh and that's the only way i I was able to get on the show today because, like you, John, my life is very hectic, very busy. Uh, I have four-wheel drive, and I, I live at a high elevation, but I figure, you know, I could almost get out, and uh, I'll slide down the hill <laughs> on the ice <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if there's too much uh, snow to get in the way. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I wanted to mention two things, Gerald, real quick, um, uh, or or to John. Uh, uh, is the number um, for the call-ins in claims research, uh, or should I put a little bit uh, – I'm away from my computer – But everybody gets to claim research first, you know, so I'm hoping that they start reading because it took me a while to realize there was a show today, you know, because I went Oh, I don't know
0: if it's in claims research. Yeah,
2: I'm um, going to get (coughs) uh, away from the phone for a minute and put it in there. But one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, we had a uh, successful uh, story today uh, on a veteran who filed for a reconsideration request. Uh, It sounds like he made out very well. And um, this is something that veterans often should consider if the VA has failed to address all the evidence that the VA had, uh, particularly the good stuff, you know, which they usually ignore. (laughs) And it's also good to have a representative uh, supporting that kind of request. However, by personal experience, I learned that the VA is real good about farting around with those types of requests. And they will take so long to respond that if you don't watch your NOD deadline date, and I had mine marked on every calendar I had, uh, yes. you know, and, and if you hold, hold your hat on that request, uh, if they do not resolve the request in time and you don't file the NOD on time, uh, you've lost your earliest effective date on that claim. I mean, uh, the claim is over. Uh, because the NOD uh, was not filed on time.
1: Yeah, you got uh, one year point, you're done.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's such a shame, John, because when I had filed a request like that, this was a a good couple of years ago, uh, the VA responded to me many times, making me think that they were working on the request, but I kept waiting for them to address my uh, evidence which they did not do in their responses. And then they threw in a regulation that they made up, and that's when a light bulb went off in my mind. (laughs) So I wrote back uh, to them and I said, I'm a veteran's advocate, familiar with 38 USA. Please send me a copy of that regulation that you're uh, inferring um, regarding my claim. Well, of course, they couldn't do that (laughs) because there was no regulation. And then it hit me that I had been suffering from an illusion, thinking that they were going to resolve my request. So I did file the NOD on time, and the claim was resolved to my satisfaction. But um, I'm pretty happy to see that a a few veterans over the years have filed this type of request. I think it helps if you've got a vet rep on your side (laughs) to do it. The VA might take it a little bit more seriously. And in the long run, we've had some success stories <clears throat> because of that, where they didn't have to even file the NOD and save themselves a lot of time getting a proper decision. So I just wanted to mention that because it's a good thing we don't talk about too much. And I'm going to leave the phone, and I'll be right back. I'm going to advertise I-, I had it. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very
2: you did bring up good point
1: there, John. Uh-huh. Good. You've got, you got to watch your time limits, you know.
0: Um, you really got to gotta watch your time
1: limits. I recommend everybody get, you know, get some sort of electronic device. Uh, best way to do it is go ahead and get an iPhone or something like that and uh, put that thing in your calendars, your, your dates, and then uh, have alarms. And alarms come up. The alarms tell you what, you know, what you're getting close to and stuff, so... That's well, I'm glad did. to hear
0: that uh, someone there uh, had had it, uh, did okay with a reconsideration. You just don't hear too many of them being successful with a reconsideration.
1: Well, it depends on who you're dealing with. You know, it's a crapshoot the way you go because you can be, you know, you can have them award on a reconsideration, but, uh, you know, it's it doesn't happen very often.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. but uh irregardless, you have to still meet the deadline for the notice of disagreement
1: Yes, you're exactly right. you have to meet your deadlines there's no way there's uh, no way around it
0: that's uh that's one way to get tripped up and something you you actually uh like Berta said, mark it on your calendar uh mm-hmm. because it's you don't want
1: to miss that date. See, so the VA didn't consider it that way, Gerald. They look at it like, okay, uh, we, did, we denied this guy's claim, and he's got a year to put his notice of disagreement in order to appeal the claim. And uh, if you miss that deadline, that's the same thing. They, they think that you're telling the VA that you agree with them on their decision. Yes,
0: that's correct.
1: And so they, go, uh, they take it and put it on their success story list themselves. Yeah. You know, and then they—that's uh, the worst thing about it. So you got to keep—you you know, got to be on top of it.
0: Yeah, I—I I know of veterans that got mixed up on that, and uh, they wasn't properly advised uh, or didn't read their paperwork. Because mm-hmm. I think it is in the paperwork, and it's quite clear that yep. uh, you don't want to miss that deadline uh, just because it's in. <laughs> a reconsideration
1: stage or process. Right. Well, you look at you know, I mean it's it's a system like any other government system except this one's a little more detailed because, you know, there's no uh, checks and balances. I mean, you know, the V hospitals have got checks and balances. It's a different entity and I keep explaining to folks that the VHA and the V B A are two different entities.
0: Yes. V B
1: A Veterans Benefit Administration where your claims filed. Anything dealing with a VA claim is handled by the VBA, including CMP exams. They might have some doctors at the local VA that does their CMP exams or nurse practitioners, but they still work for the c department, which is funded by the Veterans Benefit Administration. So
0: yeah.
1: I know, you know a lot of veterans. Uh,
0: one, one thing that, uh, that really bugs me is, uh, the BA can take as much time as they see fit, and the poor veteran is always put on a time schedule,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I think the time schedule for a veteran, uh, if it's for a veteran, should be uh, for the BA also. Uh, yep. It shouldn't be any different. The time schedule is a time schedule, and... Should be required of both parties,
1: right? Should be, but once you realize that the VHA, they're there to help you. You know, I mean, they're they're the medical part, and they treat you for your conditions. You know, you know it's not it's not the same type of medicine that it is in the outside world, but you know, it's uh, a lot of guys don't have any other choice, and it's the best you're going to get. And it's not too bad, you know, because they have uh, they have the rules they've got to follow. If they don't, the Joint Commission will come in and shut them down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's one thing about the, the hospitals, they have to do it right. You know, there's a lot of problems in the, you know, not very many, but you see a, several of them, you know, to where somebody's got some bad care or somebody overdoses on something or, you know, a nurse is shooting up the guy with saline and shooting herself with with, with the morphine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that. <laughs> you know,
1: that's a daily problem, so it's not, you know, it's not a system problems. so... Uh, you know, oh no, the hospitals are good. Uh, the veterans cause a lot of animosity because they've got a claim in progress, and they go to the hospital and they don't understand the separation of both issues. And they, you know, their animosity goes toward the folks at the hospital because they think it's all one big, you know, one big place.
0: And uh, if they've got
1: a chip on their shoulder. It's, uh, you know, it causes ugly scenes in both places. Yes,
0: it does, and that's yeah. unfortunate because I've seen that myself. and and, uh, these guys sitting out there hooping and hollering about their claim, and, and uh, as soon as the nurse shows up, and they're yackety yak, you know, right at the nurse, and, uh, the nurses are there to guard your health, or see to your, you know, the best, best of their ability your health, and, uh... On a whole I think they do have a pretty good reputation. Now there are problems here there uh, you know, uh, just like any other establishment they they do have their problems, but to go into a medical facility uh you're griping about your claim is not gonna do you any good. Yeah, uh, actually the wasting you you're upsetting them, and you're getting yourself all worked up. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing they can do to help you. I mean, it's, this is a different animal.
1: Well, no, there's other issues, too. I mean, it depends on what state you live in. Uh, you know, uh, each state's got different limitations on federal tort. And, uh, you know, it depends on uh, you know where you live, because they pass laws trying to cut the medical malpractice lawsuits and stuff in the world. And uh, of course, the lobbyists got into Washington and put a bunch of money in my pocket, and they started passing his laws. But uh, if the VA treats you for a condition and they mistreat that condition, or they cause you, they cause you to have another issue or something severe, and it's all on the record, people can file tort claims.
2: Absolutely, yeah. uh, which I, I did, as you know, John. They can file an 1151 claim simultaneously too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the evidence, of course, uh, will be needed uh, that will be the same in both cases. Right. Um, there's a lot to it, and fortunately, I, I put a lot of information and had it over the years. Um, after I won my tort, I live 25 miles from the Bamik, and I, I, I've always been part of the uh, sort of veterans' community there because I attend the chapel Uh, I have good friends there, some very fabulous employees uh, at at the same VA that misdiagnosed my husband. And uh, what you're saying is is, uh, correct uh, in in two respects. Uh, The the medical centers are under VHA, and what we deal with and had it is under VBA, in essence. It's all uh, um, umbrella under the VA. But you're right, and I used to hear so many vets complaining there, and then all of a sudden, when they found out about my tort, I can't begin to tell you how many would come up to me on the grounds and say, oh, uh, I'm going to sue the VA. They did this, that, and the other. <laughs> and, I mean, there's a lot to these types of claims. Um, they're not easy to win. You've mm-hmm. got to have proof positive. And I'm glad uh, what you said is so true, John. I'm glad you made the point. The private sector has as many problems with negligence Mm -hmm. in, uh, you you know, in the medical community, as the VA does. It's, you know, it's uh, nothing you can blame solely on the VA. Right. Um, And uh, there are many claims we see. I've seen it, had it over the years, uh, where they they think they have an 1151 issue. Mm -hmm. And right away, I'm pretty sure they don't. But I'm careful to realize I'm not a doctor, and they need an independent medical opinion.
1: Yes, that's a big issue. And yeah. that's what, let's go outside to the end and get one.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I didn't have one years ago when I won a tort, but I'm not <laughs> the average person. No, <laughs> I, I started <laughs> to study medicine. I studied uh, cardiology and neurology. Uh, most veterans and their family members, they don't have the time to do that. Right. Uh, and I was lucky. I was lucky because I'm also very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, I, because of a lot of things that happened in my case, I ended up dealing directly with VA central office. Okay. And that was a plus for me. Uh, and they, I had no middlemen. I mean, I had no lawyer <laughs> or vet rep or anything, so they had to negotiate with me and, and deal with me. But these claims, uh, they can succeed and I think that if the VA commits malpractice, the claim definitely should succeed. And also, veterans have to realize that, say the VA practice malpractices on them for a service-connected disability. This was uh, two, two or three of my personal claims involved this. When the VA pays the compensation for the 1151, they cannot combine that with the service-connected disability, so they so have you're... to pay the 1151. In most cases, separately. So, if
1: you're 100, uh, you call a 1151 claim for another condition, they got to pay you additional money, or is it? Uh,
2: well, uh, I, you know what? I, I better just use my own personal example because I, I, I put the regulations at hand, but I don't remember them. I'm, I'm not sitting at my computer. <laughs> uh, in my husband's case, he was 100 percent service-connected for PTSD um, they also they uh, a 100% on his CVA his stroke Yes. Uh, two years ago when I finally got that it was a Q award a Q mm-hmm. claim what they did is they had to pay me an accrued benefit of 100% which was my husband's money for the 1151 stroke on top of the 100% that they had already paid me as accrued under his PTSD. Mm-hmm. And this usually only comes in when you're talking about 100% disabilities that are service-connected and then additional malpractice mm-hmm.
0: occurs.
2: And um, my, I, I had two claims pending where I had to use the same regulations and remind them that when they pay me, <laughs> I've got a confidence in myself uh, on my new claims. They have to use that provision as well. Uh, but um, I've explained it much better at the Hatter website, uh, John. But, you know, to me, negligence malpractice. malpractice. Uh, you know, no doctor gets up in the morning and says, oh, I'm going to kill a VA patient, unless their name is Richard Swango. <laughs> uh, he was a very famous
1: A.K.M. <laughs> butcher.
2: Uh, yeah, you 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 sound like you know well who Richard Swango was. Um, okay. you're
1: talking about uh some place in southern Illinois, is that where he worked? Uh
2: he worked in quite a few B.A.s across the country. Yeah. Uh the last one he worked at was not uh, the bath B.A. that I'm close to, but the one in um Letchworth, near I think near Lechworth or something. Um uh, He did not have the proper credentials to be either a doctor or a nurse. However, the VA hired him, and he worked as both doctor and nurse for the VA as well as private hospitals. And literally was, in my opinion, a serial killer uh, because he planned deaths. And and there was a female nurse like that in the last few years with the VA, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are extraordinarily unusual events.
1: The whack jobs.
2: Yeah, yeah, boy, it, it, just unbelievable. Uh, but I guess my point was if a veteran or a family member has a funny feeling that the veteran is not getting proper care from the VA, they just can't sit back and think about it, and they... they it doesn't help if they start telling their neighbors or friends, uh, blah, bu- blah, bu- blah, you know. What they have to do is get those medical records and look them over, and if they still think something's wrong, they need an independent, a, a real doctor to review those records. Right. You know, uh, because, it's all,
1: uh, it's all about the timeline, the baseline, you know, you have to take, you know, you got to make a history.
2: Yeah. Uh, they've yeah. got
1: to put it together. It's kind of like, uh, these IMO docs are really good at that because they can, you know, they can put a timeline history together and give you a baseline outline of what what occurred.
2: Yeah, uh, I did that myself for my claims, uh, uh, John. But that's hard to do. But I did have a timeline dating back to 1988 on malpractice up until my husband's death six years later. And you're right, and that's important. What you just said, the timeline is everything. And the evidence for that timeline, it'll follow through in a medical record if, if in fact, they malpractice. And I've said it, had it many times. People think they have an 1151 issue. Mm -hmm. Well, if they do feel that way and get the IMO and it says, oh, I didn't find any malpractice at all, then they've got peace of mind. They paid for peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that has m- as much value as it would be if they had to pursue an 1151
1: claim. Well, Explain to us, Berta, the difference between 1151 and an actual tort.
2: Um, there's a major difference. Uh, differences. A, a tort claim must be filed within two years of the adverse effect or of the veteran's knowledge of the adverse effect. That's the statute of limits.
1: That's called
2: Huh?
1: It's called discovery. <clears throat>
2: yeah. And um but that is uh, there's nuances to that, uh and I I've uh gone over that at HAD. It, uh I think it's Googleable under statute of limits had it dot com. So but it's usually two years, that's it. it's you I mean the VA will deny us about anything beyond that two year deadline. Although, in some cases, I think the deadline can definitely be appealed if you get a lawyer. No, mm-hmm. so against the VA lawyers, they are the best of the best, John. Again, they're,
1: the, they're general at the
2: general counsel. They are. If you, a,
1: if you do a torture, you better get a lawyer. It's my opinion, you know.
2: Yes, absolutely. An IMO. And if you've got an IMO that says this uh-huh. is malpractice, no you're not going to have any problems getting a lawyer if it's a significant thing. I mean, I mean, if it's a, over over a broken finger or an amputated toe, that's not going to have the same value as a death or a catastrophic illness. Let me give
1: you a hypothetical thing here, Berta. I'm not going to give any names out, but... uh, Back in uh, 2008, a veteran was having some problems with uh, lung type problems, things like that. And in 2008, they diagnosed a veteran with a a severe neck problem with stenosis and... uh, even uh, some nerve nerve problems coming from the neck, hmm. and then they they don't treat it. They keep you know just they passively pass the you know pass the buck, <clears throat> hmm. and then a few years later the veteran winds up in the hospital can't breathe because it's gotten severe that his nerves are almost completely completely pinched off. Wow! What kind of case you think that would
2: be? Uh possible malpractice. Hmm possible, it's hard to say. I'm trying to figure out how the nerves in his neck, in other words, that is what constricted his breathing and added to the lung problems.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. That's the the issue. You know, but of course, it's got to be up high. It's got to be C3, C2 area because, you know, that depends on where it is in your neck because each disc in your neck actually controls a certain body function. You know that?
2: Well, no, I, I don't know enough about it, John. That's a good point, though.
1: It's C2, you know C2 actually controls your heartbeat? You've heard of the hangman's fracture. You break your neck at C2 and you're, you die instantly?
2: Boy. Because it controls the heartbeat.
1: C3 controls your diaphragms. That's your phrenic nerve. That's where it exits. Boy.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, does this veteran have access to our website? Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, of course, it sounds like something went wrong to me,
1: so we'll actually needs to get the information to get us as soon as Dr. Bash and let him do the history.
2: yeah, that would be good uh there's no time frame on eleven fifty one uh that's a big difference from f g c a right uh i I filed uh they have a an eleven fifty one claim uh on me. It's still pending um they said they got evidence about a year ago that they needed. I thought I sent them everything they could possibly want, but I <laughs> uh, but I think they had to check something with the uh, General Counsel. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I sent a copy of the General Counsel's uh, non-practice review, but it was a copy, and I'm thinking, well, maybe they want to see the same thing from General Counsel. But that should not be a problem. But... Uh, and uh the claim that I filed uh, it's been pending for about two years was based on malpractice um, beginning in nineteen eighty eight uh, there's no um no deadline for eleven fifty one but there is for FCCCA mm-hmm. and uh, there are important differences uh, is,
1: well, does the FdCA if you get an award like say if you're hundred percent and you file an F D C A on some other issue and they award that. Now, does the does the SD, does the award offset your VA comp? Uh,
2: no. No. Okay. Uh not wait a minute, I, wait, let me take I've got to think about the way you say Oh, uh the gee. I gotta think about that, <laughs> I mean I, yeah, I don't mean me- to I'm all mixed up for uh, a second here. I, I received an FDCA wrongful death settlement, a lump sum payment. Um, the VA withheld, as an offset, and you're right about that, my DA, DIC, oh. okay, until my offset, uh, I mean my settlement amount was completed. And it was a high six. It was a six-figure award, so that took uh, I think seventeen years. So in that respect, it is offset. Okay. Um, however, and I'm the only person I can give as an example on this. I went after them for a direct service connected death as well, and I have three DIC awards. Okay. <laughs> one under eleven fifty one, and that is trumped by two under direct service connected death. In that case, they had to pay me back an offset, all the offset money. I had a fight with them. And finally, I called up the lawyer that uh, I settled with, and uh, I raised a little bit of hell with him. And um, sure enough, uh, they got on it right away in order to the VA to pay me. Um, Now, (laughs) but your question wasn't on a widow's death claim. It was
1: on Veterans Direct to you.
2: Right. And you know what? My mind is almost blank. I think, I, I'm, I'm locked into my own claim, but the answer is it had it. Well,
1: uh, I think we can do this on an SVR basis, too. I think uh, we've got Bob Walsh coming on in a couple of weeks, and uh, maybe we can get him to you know, give us an exact explanation of how it works.
2: Uh, yeah, gee, and I'm away from all my paperwork and everything. A lot of veterans, John, and I'm, I've been saying lately they've had it uh, quite often, to raise as many issues of entitlement as possible. Uh, and with 1151 issues, uh, say they have an 1151 situation that might be worth 30 or 40 percent. Well, if that can be found as secondary to a service-connected disability instead of negligence, that's another way uh, to, uh, for the veteran to come out ahead a little bit in some cases. I mean, every case is unique, so it's so hard to... uh, What I mean is this. um, Say the veteran um, has developed uh, GERD because Mm -hmm. of NSAIDs that have been prescribed to him for a uh, service-connected knee disability. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, the VA is pretty good about granting that a secondary. But in the past, I imagine a lot of veterans... Claimed it under eleven fifty one, the NASA caused them an additional disability. You see right. what I'm saying? That's true. But yet, if the VA has made it secondary to a a a, a, a disability instead of saying yes, it, it's malpractice, I think it it makes a for a smoother claim that might better take better. quicker because the VA hates eleven fifty one. I think it's better uh, to add it secondary
1: as far as that because uh, as far as I'm concerned with an 1151 claim, even though you, I guess you get comp for it, I don't think it's considered a service connection.
2: That's right. That's so right. It it's, add not, add it. it's called as if service connected. And the stuff that had it, but it might be lost in, uh, there's so much there. Uh, when I received 11, uh, DIC as if service connected under 1151, I didn't get. Uh, any ancillary benefits Uh, that did not give me my chamfer that came from a different award Uh, chamfer even told me uh, and I was shocked John because I called the the, chamfer one day with a question and then I mentioned 1151 to her uh, for some reason and she said Mrs. Simmons you'd be shocked at how horrible it is to get a call from a widow who was just granted 1151 but they're not eligible for CHAMPA. And they are just devastated. And that's the law. Now, a veteran, like my husband, had, in his lifetime, the conditions that would award CHAMPA 100% P&T. No one that's it, service-connected. So the I JNBA. was okay there. But, the JNBA,
1: that's worth its weight in gold.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and... Uh, uh, chapter 35, my education was paid for by an ad- a different award. My 1151 DIC did not offer me that. Mm-hmm. So, actually, when I proved direct service-connected death, the benefits they owed me from that award came to almost $100,000. Awesome. Yeah, and, well, I almost fought over all of them. Most of them were a big fight.
1: Going to ask you about this. Let me ask you about Chapter Thirty Five. I know you went to. this is American Military Academy. Is that was school you went uh, to?
2: Uh, yes, the American Military University. Yes.
1: Okay. Now, um, Chapter Thirty Five. I guess it gives you a monthly a month a monthly payment, right?
2: Um, as a widow, uh, no. Uh, what they did, uh, what I had to do, John. It's different than folk rehab. Uh, I had to uh, pay for my um, courses each semester and I think they're running about 850 or 900 a, a course oh. and uh, luckily I had an email for my VA uh, liaison person at the school uh, American Military University and uh, VA Educational Department up here in Buffalo mm-hmm. so I would take proof of my payment and send it to both of them and then they would gee, how would that go? And then at some point, maybe within a month or maybe even four or five months, they would send me that money. Oh, it would okay. be funded. But it was not a stipend that I could depend on every month. Okay, so D- that? You know,
1: were you out of pocket any money yourself? I mean, besides having to pay up front or, uh,
2: or? Well, actually, um uh uh, they always gave me back more or less a, an amount that came close to the tuition I paid, but it depended on whether I was full-time or part-time or, right. you know, uh, the course hours. But to me, it was usually very close to the tuition I paid out of pocket that I did get back. Uh, however, uh, my book fee, the Marine Corps, paid for. Um, I don't know how, the, how book fees work, uh, for, uh, you know, other... Chapter 35 people. Uh, but there's a lot of other things they can do. Uh, now, somebody told me I could have gotten a PAL grant
1: mm-hmm. at
2: the same time. I think they are right, and I never pursued that. I never tried. I was, uh, I was overjoyed that the A was paying, you know, my uh, tuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, with Chapter 35, if I had needed um, extra, um, I forget what they call it, um, uh uh, extra help with the courses uh they would have uh, paid for that i think through oh. the school well, we but unlike voc rehab it is not a stipend that a survivor can count on every month
1: right so okay there's another uh, deal for a future show maybe you get somebody that works in the education office going board and give everybody a rundown on, on that program so oh
2: it'd be wonderful and the gi bill is wonderful and a lot of veterans don't understand the GI Bill Uh, the VA my daughter's a veteran uh, uh, she has the GI Bill and also she can use chapter 35 one or the other but she had a question from a a veteran he was trying to read the GI Bill stuff on the VA website he couldn't understand it (laughs) and she said my this guy's a smart guy you know but he can't understand it and I sent him over to military.com to their website (laughs) <laughs> because there is a better explanation uh and the g i bill has changed a lot john yeah uh a lot of it now, some of it can be transferred to dependents yep. uh, uh, there's a lot to it uh the GI, the uh home home loan guarantee has changed a lot yep. these are all uh important uh things that um I'm not even up to date on all of it. It changes so fast, and it would be great for a radio show.
1: Well, I need to figure it out, because I've got one that uh, sticks him to enter in a few years, and I need to figure out what's going to happen, because, you know, he's wanting to go to an Ivy League school. Uh-oh. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah. Oh. oh, wow. And uh, we need to see what the, you know, uh, how much I'm going to be out of pocket for this. And,
2: yeah, well, well, gee. John you're disabled bad I mean uh, uh, that should be a factor Uh, my uncle was faculty at Harvard University Uh, I remember him telling me that they did have a lot of financial aid programs Um, he's still there (laughs) (laughs) that's where he wants to go (laughs) boy oh boy wow but uh, I'm assuming he's an excellent student too
1: yeah, he's straight.
2: Oh, wow. You know, uh, and he's uh considered scholarships.
1: Um, he's thinking, looking at things like that, you know. I mean it's yeah. uh, you know, so but he's doing a lot of college little stuff right now. Yeah. And uh so he's but he's got you know, he knows what he wants to do and what he wants to be. Good. Of course he's you know, I mean he already he's got a good head to shoulders
2: and uh Yeah.
1: You know, of course, you know, his mom and I are older than, you know, most folks, and he's a lot more mature than other, you know, kids his age. Yeah. And, uh, Boy. So he's, you know, he's I am very proud
2: of him. <laughs> uh, my, of him. My daughter's always done well in school, and I think kids love to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, then again, she joined the military, and they get a lot of college credits uh, out of her tech school towards mm-hmm. her uh, degree. She's got she a she bachelor's cleared. degree. She and you cleared. know what's funny, John? She never used Chapter 35 or her GI Bill yet. Mm. She paid a lot out. I, I couldn't get through to her. But like she said, for her master's, AMU um, has an excellent master's program, and she'll use probably use one or the other then, although there are time limits. Mm. Uh, what's, she, what's,
1: what's she going into, Bernie?
2: Uh, well, oh, she, did, she works for the Defense Department, National Security Agency. Mm, okay. Her job is classified uh, top secret. So it would be it, intelligence.
1: She, is she in Pennsylvania? Uh,
2: no, she's in, uh, down to, uh, 20 minutes from, uh, Fort Meade. Oh, okay. She's in Maryland, though.
1: Okay, because, uh, back in the 90s, before I had it, I worked in, uh, I worked for the NSA. You did? Yeah.
2: And, I uh, never knew that, John.
1: Yeah, they, uh, I worked in, uh, it's called ComSec. Huh.
2: And, uh, you know,
1: you have to have a, to work in there you have, to have a top-secret crypto clearance as a civilian. Yep. And, uh, you know, you really you couldn't divulge anything. You still can't to this day.
2: That's right.
1: And, uh, uh, one thing I remember about the job, though is you remember John Walker?
2: Then, no, um.
1: Remember John Walker, the spy, back in the eighties, and sold all the secrets. Oh, secret okay, stuff.
2: okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: we we spent over a year destroying all that stuff he sold the secrets <laughs> to.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That that is just incredible. Yeah, That's so. incredible, and I'm surprised, John. Uh, there's a member of my church who also was former NSA, and they made me like this family member with them because we are all uh, under the, the same like umbrella where. Um, the wife never knew what he did. I have yeah. no idea what my daughter does, but I know she wears she high heels instead it. of combat boots. She can't adopt you it, know?
1: you know, because every five years she's got to talk to the FBI and they ask you questions.
2: Yes, yeah. and they call me up.
1: They yeah, they call saying, everybody up.
2: Huh?
1: They call you up and ask you questions. Uh, interview uh every time they game. do her
2: clearance, yes. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
2: well, they've only done it two or three times, uh... She she was top secret in the military, and she's three years away from retirement if she wanted to retire. But, yes, uh, I'm used to the FBI. Um, and the last time they called, um, well, I kidded around with the guy, uh, but uh, he asked if I had any pets, and I said yes, and he just put that down. And then uh, he said, uh, dogs or cats? I said, cats. He said, could I have their names? And I laughed so could do
0: But City you know, they've got
2: to them. do that. I mean <laughs> <Eagle> because <City. laughs> I can't be a security threat myself. They gotta kick me out. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. Uh and I learned a long time ago she was at NSA when she was in the military. Right. And she's been all over the world, uh, for uh on that clearance and um I learned a lot a long time ago, don't ask. And if she was out of the country she would call me, give me her daros. Right. Maybe give me the country. Maybe. Yes. And that was it. And she yes. would say, Mom, if something happens the State Department will call you.
1: Well that's and, a very high uh, that's uh, a very high stress, high pressure too in that
2: area. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh we we've got some uh, I think some former NSA that had it. I'm not too sure. Ooh. Um uh yeah, you know,
1: that are top, liter- legitimately top secret um, mm-hmm. classified. The reason, the reason I left, I, uh, we had to, we had, to, when BRAC started back, in the, you know, in the 90s or 80s or whatever, that when uh, they started closing all these different bases and stuff, the place that I worked at got closed. Me and the wife both actually worked for the base at the time. And uh, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't want to relocate to, uh, different places we wanted to stay close to homes so, yeah you know we both I transferred to Tennessee for a while and then we came back and uh finished my education which work for the Japanese
2: <laughs> oh boy boy oh boy
1: so but uh that was a that's pretty good run back then you know
2: yeah did you like it
1: I enjoyed it I mean it was probably one of the best jobs I've ever had but uh I got lucky I started out as a as a uh ammunition mover in these oh. uh magazines and humping ammunition moving bombs and missiles and rockets and powder mm. projectiles. And uh then they I put in for a permanent job and got this one and uh I was pretty much set. Boy. So, mm. you know, but uh if I had to do it again, I'd do it again.
2: Oh, good. Thank you. <coughs> Thank you. That's a lot of service, John, you know.
1: Yeah, so, but you got to you know, be, uh, you got to be an upstanding individual. You can't have a bunch of bankruptcies and things like that and bad credit or they won't let you do anything.
2: No, no. Um, uh, I, I have a, a neighbor, a young kid, he he planned on joining the military since he was a baby. And um, he quit school. He didn't even, he still hasn't gotten his GED. He's had two DUI convictions and... And probation and everything and a lost soul, and his life would have been so different, uh, you know, if he, if he, if the military had accepted him, uh, I thought, see, my husband, when he joined the Marine Corps, he was 17, his parents had a sign, and of course, we're talking, you know, decades ago, John, mm-hmm. and he didn't finish high school, but he was allowed to finish his uh, senior Class, I guess, with a GED in in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. I guess the services don't do that anymore. They want you to have at least that high school diploma. A- am I wrong?
1: Well, now it's uh, you have to have a diploma. Being that, yeah. You know, because now the services are uh, it's changed a whole lot. Now, if you sneeze the wrong way, or you know, or something even looks difficult, they they they'll put you out of service.
2: Oh, absolutely. You
1: well, know, they look oh. for excuses to get rid of people. You read on Military Times every day, they fire a captain of this ship for sneezing the wrong way or... Yeah. You know, so it's changed under, under you know, of course, it's all, it's all politics anyway. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not, my Navy's not what, this Navy's not my Navy
2: because there's a big difference. Oh, I bet. I bet. You, know, you just had a mouthful. Yeah. General, yeah. why don't
1: you uh, get stretched there to uh, pay some bills for about 22 seconds.
2: Okay. Hey, Mike,
0: hey, uh, can you run a commercial here?
1: You're listening to the Hattit.com radio show. Haddit.com is veterans helping veterans. We leave no one behind. Not on a jungle trail, not on a desert trail, and not on a paper trail. If you want any information about the BA, log on to www.haddit.com
0: well, We thank you there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget the Hadit website is uh, for veterans' issues. If you're filing a claim or having problems with the BA, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, you're more than welcome to come to It, become a member. And uh, take advantage of of um, all the wealth of, ever, of uh, information that's available to you there. They have an excellent search engine, and if you have any questions, you can always ask them in one of the forums, and I'm certain someone will. Uh, or a group of people will jump in there and help you out, uh, kind of advise you, and steer you in the right direction. And <laughs> that's always helpful, uh, to keep you from losing so much time dealing with the BA.
1: Well, you know, had it's eleven thousand strong, and uh, you know, of course, you know, wow. every, every member is not <coughs> active, you know, but. You've got about a 90% chance if you've got something going on with the VA to find somebody and had it that's been through the exact same thing you're going through, the same issue. So.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what you
1: need.
0: are a lot of good people there. Uh, we, you know, we uh, stray away from politics, religious uh, topics. Uh, we mainly just veterans issues. And uh, that's dealing with the claims process
1: or whatever. Yeah, we don't. If we call, let's, you know, we 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 stick directly to VA claims. We don't, uh, you know, when I mean, we have a social chat forum for people to post in, and uh, have had it's not a uh, it's it's not a place to uh, you know come in and post your political agendas and things like that, or practice free speech and stuff like that. It's help we help veterans, and uh, that's that's why I had it's been around for as long as it has because we stick to the issues and we will continue to do that and uh occasionally you know we have a few issues but you know those issues are are, they're actually resolved very quickly and sternly so but uh everybody's welcome to come on to had it and uh jump right in you know and uh if you want to learn something just log on to had it because you'll learn something Hey, Alberta, what was we talking
0: about?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it, John, yeah, I I feel like I learn something there every day, uh, mm. and nobody knows it all. Uh, it's overwhelming. Uh, over the years, I've talked to uh, lawyers that represent veterans, and there's times I brought up things that they either didn't know or forgot about because it's so overwhelming. Uh, there's always something going on, new changes, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and we we do try and had it. I mean, if somebody hears of a new fast letter or or a new directive or, uh, like the other day, uh, somebody needed the skin regulations, that changed in 2008.
0: Mm-hmm. But they
2: had a claim prior to that, so they needed those regulations on skin diseases too.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, yes. luckily, you know, we had the skin new skin stuff right there at had it. It took me a while to find it, but it was there. And um, so if, if something new happens, believe me, somebody's going to post it. I get a lot from Colonel Dan Sadusky uh, in email uh, on lots of, they're all VA-related subjects, but the problem is um, uh, I want to post the most accurate information. Uh-oh. So sometimes he sends emails.
0: Uh, like
2: our Agent Orange being associated with some something that is not presumptive yet, so right. I don't really bring that stuff to had it unless we have some concrete, uh, you know, information that maybe the uh, IOM is looking at something new uh, on Agent Orange. I do expect that list to grow for the presumptive. Well, you no, know,
1: if you know we have a contributor that does that and you've got the information like that, you know, it's okay to put that on there too. I mean, as long as you can verify it and you know the source the source is a good source.
2: Yeah, Uh, well that's it Uh, That's it, and sources mean everything Uh, Mm -hmm. And and giving the right Citation with a link to it That means everything too
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, it's
2: a little bit extra work But uh, it keeps us kosher (laughs) You know, it keeps us on the up and up Because Mm -hmm. uh, That's why, like I mentioned earlier When the VA Tried to get me to believe A regulation Prevented them from awarding my claim I forget how they put it I, I jumped right on them over that and of course okay. they didn't give me any citation at all uh, but they will pull the wool over our eyes if we let them
1: well you know they're so good at delaying. you know I mean, that's just that's just that's just building the VA is delays and uh, over the years they've it become is. so you know even at the higher level of the VA because you know I've said this a couple times I will say it again you know Congress meets every two years and Congress is the one that controls the VA's money and funding. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're trying to get these issues straightened out. But uh, remember, they've got two years to do it in because every two years a new Congress meets. Yeah. And once the new Congress starts meeting, everything in the past is gone. Yeah. So they've got to start over every two years. So I think they're finally wising up. And uh, I saw an article yesterday to where the Senate's getting more involved. And it's good because the Senate's every six years, you know, on, because they can you know, they have a better time frame in order to get it yeah. under control. Yeah. So, but now they're trying to battle their delaying processes because they do a lot of deliberate delays, you know, because they understand the two-year rule. They know that, well, if we hold this guy out two years, he's gone. Smith, we can start over again. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, uh, I call this. it Gate instead of Gate. Stollergate. Gate. yeah. And, and, and oddly enough, John, uh, how did this not political? But politics comes into everything we deal with as claimants. Right. So,
1: you know. I mean, if it's a political register change or if there's something going on, we will post it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, uh, you know, we will track it and we'll follow it. And uh, I urge all veterans, if you have a veteran in the state and you're politicians like your senators and the congressmen, if you have a chance to join your veterans coalition in your state, I recommend you do.
2: Yeah.
1: We yeah. need as many up members as we can to get on those coalitions because... Uh, I think we can actually explain a little better to what's going on with the VA because we deal with this on a nationwide basis daily.
2: Yeah. And, uh,
1: you know, you can discuss your opinions and things like that with, you know, the legislatures. And uh, it beats uh, sitting around watching a bunch of the VSOs that turn beat your chest. You know,
2: you, you, know,
1: you want to get to the real issues.
2: Yes. Well said.
1: And I think we're better informed than they are, and I've proven that three or four times in the past year with our
0: coalition So.
2: Yeah. And, and one thing to
0: remember here, John, he brought up a good point. Habitat members are strung out all over the all over the United States here, all
1: over the world, Gerald. Yeah,
0: and, uh, and all over the world, other countries. So um, you're getting a good, broad uh, spectrum of of uh, uh, most of these issues and you'll find out that uh, one issue in one place might be treated differently than an issue in another which i don't believe is uh, uh, hardly the way the government or the BA wants it to be that if, if it's good for one regional office it should work for another uh, but however, you'll find that's not always the case, and that separation is what really causes a lot of issues.
1: Yeah, and you know a lot of differences too in the claims and things like that, treatment for the you know across the country, because each regional offices are different. You can tell which regional offices are flat busy and which ones aren't, just by yeah. looking at some of the timing issues.
0: Well, that's true, and now they're doing this uh, farming out stuff. Um,
1: They've done that forever, Drill.
0: Well, I know, but I, I just don't think it's right. Uh, myself, I think what goes into one regional office it should stay in that district, but uh, for whatever reason, they seem to tip them around from one end of the country to the other. You never know where your plane's going to end up.
1: You know, on a well, personal note, I thought the same thing years ago. But when they took my claim and transferred it to this little place in West Virginia,
0: uh-huh. called
1: Huntington, I was all upset. But I want to tell you something. After about six weeks at Huntington, Basser loves Huntington.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, that's I get what you I, there,
2: John. That's why I, I was happy when they shipped my Agent Orange claim to Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, these clowns up here in New York couldn't deal with it anyhow. <laughs> so if
1: you're in this fighting the system this they if your claim to in West Virginia, don't get mad, people. This is a smaller VA regional office, and they can flat get it done.
0: Boy. Yes, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's funny how they can ship a claim from one end of the country to the other to get it
1: done. Your claim might be contaminated because of the chemical spill they had there a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right there. there.
0: Uh, but uh, I guess some good uh, hazards get the good sides and then it has its bad sides. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen claims go from one place to another and just drag them down, drag them down, drag
1: them down. I want to take my hat off this lady we're speaking to today. Uh, She's been a staple had it for years and years and years. She's helped so many veterans their issues and claims and things like that. She's helped me a whole lot back when I first started out, which is I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years ago, Bert.
2: Oh, my God. That is very kind of you, John.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: It's an act of love for me. Mm -hmm. And if people ask me what I do at a website, I tell them I try to move money. (laughs) And then they look at me funny. But Your that's money what broken. we all do. We try to move money out of the VA financial coverage into With the checking no accounts of that. <laughs> 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 you know, so that's my MOS when I get up every day. And the fact that my husband and I as claimants and even my daughter had so many unusual problems, uh, it covered a lot of whatever can go wrong well, <laughs> you know, Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. And in his death, I think that he definitely has helped hundreds and hundreds of veterans uh, because of his death, because of other things that, you know, I had to pursue for him, and that that gained me a lot of knowledge to share. But uh, I would certainly say the same thing about you, John. You've been with us for a long, long time. I don't remember helping you at all. Uh, so it shows how long I've been around, <laughs> you know. But uh, and you make some very provocative points when you reply. To uh, you're not as wordy as I am. You say it a lot in a lot more concise fashion to these <laughs> veterans, and you never steer them wrong. But on the radio, they can hear your personality come out and your sense of humor, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, and I think it makes a big difference. I, I I'm hoping that this show, that the bathroom Hour is going to be very successful because it's a little bit more informal than the regular SVR shows with with maybe a lawyer as a guest or Dr. Bash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can let our hair down a little bit and by doing that, you know, share a little bit more about where we're coming from.
1: Everybody yes, well, there is
2: sincere at our website. It was the intention,
1: so. you know, of the show. I mean, you know, I want to give people a chance to call in and just discuss things.
2: Yeah, and um, and they shouldn't hesitate because it's live radio, because uh, you call in. And uh, I've had a few guests over the years, Gerald, and I've been with Gerald on live radio, I think, nine years now. I mean, boy, I can't believe it was that long, but my my first show was in 2005, I think, with Gerald, long ago. And I had a guest uh, one time uh, from one of the websites uh, regarding Agent Orange, and I got him on the air. Well, I called him before that, and um, he was easy to talk to and funny, but he talked kind of slow,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I talked fast. So I said, "Oh, on the air, I better you know accommodate him and draw him out." And on the air, it was awful because it seemed like he froze completely. Mm-hmm. He was a little afraid to talk. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a, a heck of a time. But uh, but by the end of the show he lightened up a little bit, uh, and I have a real good friend. I would love to have him on the air. Thirty two years Navy retired reserves, um, but he he's petrified of of live radio. Uh, he did, <laughs> <laughs> he did one show locally in the closest city, and I taped the show from my radio uh, from um, well from my radio. Yeah, I taped it with a on a tape recorder and played it back to him you could tell he was a nervous wreck mm-hmm. and uh he realized that he didn't adequately um say what he wanted to say because he was such a wreck uh and he had not really prepared much That's true. and well, uh preparation you know
1: i have to say all good things must come to an end and today's show was uh, there's, there's,
0: uh down, yeah go ahead john
1: yeah all good things must come to an end and We'll pick this up, uh, we'll do a you know, we'll try to get a better schedule for the Bachelor show, but uh, today's episode is uh, over with, and I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Berta, thank you so much for coming on today, I appreciate it, you basically helped save the show, it's kind of a of oh. night thing, so.
2: Well, thank you, John, we got to work on getting uh, our membership to get on board with us here on the air. We'll get them. Thank we'll
1: you. We'll get them, I'll, I'll set the hook in them, we'll fish them out.
2: Oh, Absolutely. Uh, I think maybe if we um, could uh, advance a subject from time to time that we might be discussing, that might be, you know, generate more activity. But we'll get there. (laughs) It'll work.
1: (laughs) We'll we'll be coming from anywhere in the country, guys. I travel a lot now, so sometimes we'll have to do them on a cell phone. We'll get them done. Yep. So with that, guys, this is Basher. We're signing off for now.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.